Good morning and uh, welcome. Good day to be together and sharing together in worship as we've gathered on uh, this beautiful day in sunny South Florida to, uh, to praise our God and to uh, lift our words of affirmation and claim our God and, and honor him in this day of worship. So uh, let me invite you to join me and stand as we uh, enter into worship and share in a call to worship. As we come to worship, let us leave at the door our self-centered thoughts. Open our eyes to see our neighbor in worship. As we come to worship, let us leave at the door our feelings of exclusiveness. As we come to worship, let us leave outside our notion of generosity. As we come to worship, let us open our eyes, our minds, and our hearts to what can be instead of what is. For all of our gifts and for all possibilities, let us lift our voices in praise. Amen. Let's sing together. Amen, amen. Remain standing and let us uh, join our hearts and our voices together 
in this opening prayer. We are welcomed into your presence this day by your gracious hospitality, O God. Grant that we lay aside our cares and anxieties to concentrate our thoughts on you alone. Open us to the teaching and guidance for living which we receive, that we will be strengthened to walk with you and follow wherever you lead us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So as we um, share today about our, uh, our pegs, our, our foundational points of how we live out our life together, we pray, engage, give, and, and serve, and I uh, want to uh, invite you that um, as we enter into the uh, season of Lent, and you're going to say, well, when does Lent start? Well, this year it starts with the first of March, okay? When March comes, you know we're going to be in Lent, and so I want to invite you to take on those activities that can can lift us. There are a lot of opportunities that are coming and uh, for us to change our patterns. Too often, Lent just becomes this time of like, well, I gave up chocolates, right? You know, and it's, it, you know, but it's about taking on a pattern that will accentuate our spiritual lives as we grow together, and there are a lot of opportunities. We'll have an Ash Wednesday service. We will have um, first Sunday of March. We will have one unified service together at 10 o'clock for Holy Communion and the community coming together. There's a women's retreat plan. There's also a number of, of Lent Bible studies that will be starting. And so now would be the time to register, sign up, let people know that you're coming. All the information can be found on the website or by calling the church office. And so now would be the time to do all of that registering and setting up for those patterns that we have in Lent that give us those opportunities to grow in how we pray, engage, give, and serve um, in our Christian lives as we live that out. Amen? Amen. Let us uh, turn our hearts now to, uh, to prayer as uh, Pastor Peyton is going to uh, come and uh, pray with us. Good morning. I'm usually much closer by the time he says that. I was all relaxed over there. Let's take a moment and um, bow our heads. Father God, Lord of the universe, we awaken in our time to a universe which is holy, to creation which is not an event in the past but living event of the present. We enter a new mode of human presence where we are not merely observers but where each of us is a participant in the moment of evolution. Like all other creatures, we carry with us wisdom and values, the dynamics of the universe, but unlike others, we must choose whether and how we will live in harmony within the sacred web of creation. May we be able to open to the source of all being, our God within us and among us. We have the capacity to wonder, Lord, and create this great mystery of existence within such a magnificent universe. It is in us and in this universe that allows us to participate in this great celebration. We are part of a dance, the great work, the great liturgy in which the universe is unfolding. 
Glory to you, O God, source of all being. This great liturgy finds expression at this moment in us. Those of us gathered here in a posture of prayer and openness with listening hearts, loving spirits, and holy wonder. May the sacred web that unites us with each other, our God, and all creation ignite communities of light and hope throughout the earth. May we be open to the source of all being, the God within us and among us. O gracious and gentle spirit of love, your energy permeates the universe. Igniting the earth with your goodness, truth, and beauty, open our minds and hearts to a deeper awareness. A deeper awareness of our interconnectedness with you, each other, and all creation. May we experience your unique presence. Hear us, O Lord, and join us as we hear with our hearts the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
may be seated. The scripture today from the Gospel of Luke is, comes to us right in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is uh, chapters 5, 6, and, and, and 7 of, of Matthew. Um, but in Luke, he has this uh, other uh, part of that sermon that is uh, intentional for us. And it's intentional about love, this passage. And so we're going to hear um, uh, Jesus speak to us about the love we just sang about, this great and wonderful love. But I say to you who are willing to hear, those of you who are willing to hear, are you ready to hear this? Those of you who are willing to hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks and don't demand your things back from those who take them. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, why should you be commended? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be paid back in full. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. You will be acting the way the children of the Most High act, for He is kind to ungrateful and wicked people. Be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good portion, packed down, firmly shaken, and overflowing, with, will fall into your lap. The portion you give will determine the portion you will receive in return. Amen and amen. Most gracious God, may your words of overwhelming, unreasonable, and impractical love become real in our hearts and our lives. Amen and amen. We love our lists, don't we? How many of you all make lists? You know, you make lists and you make a list. You gotta, you gotta check things off, and you gotta go down that list. And you, you we love our list. We, we love. You make a grocery list, you know, and you, you got all the things in the grocery list, and you go to the store, praying to God all the time. Let them have everything that's on my list, right? So I only have to go to one store, you know. And you check things off as you go by, and you get down to the list, and you've gotten everything, and you win, right? Because you've checked everything off of the list, or a to-do list, right? Now, the tech people who came up with computers and all those systems and computers, they know we love lists, because lists are built in to, like, our calendars on our computer, right? You can actually put your list there, and they're so much fun, because when you get a task done and you click the right button, it gives you a little red check or a line through what you've done, right? 
and you've gotten everything done on your list. And our written list, they'll sit on the counters that are in our kitchen or on our table at home, or they'll sit on our desk, so they're right in front of us. And we'll check our to-dos off the list. We've got that, we've done that, we've done that. And then when you get to the end, there's this sense of achievement, right? I've achieved something. I've gotten there. I finished my list. I won in some way, right? (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if our Christian faith was just a list that we had to check off? But that's not how it works. Jesus wants to actually live us this life. Can you imagine if your Christian life was just a checklist? Well, let's see. I brought some food this week for nourishing lives to give out. I know the cereal was getting close to the date, but they'll eat it fast. Check. You know? Is, you know, uh, let's see. Did I, did, I, did I go to church? Well, yeah, I turned on the YouTube and watched it while I was folding laundry. So check. I did the worship thing, right? Um, that guy who cut me off in traffic and made me screech to the halt in my car, I didn't kill him. Thou shalt not murder? Check. <laughs> right? All right. So I've got my checklist. I did a very nice thing today for my spouse. It was very inconvenient. It was hard. It took a lot of time. But I did a nice thing, so check. Um, I've, uh, I, you know, I was coming off the highway, and there was a guy standing there with a sign. I gave him a bottle of water and all of the change in my cup holder. I gave it to him, check. I said a prayer, check. I read a piece of scripture. It was on a sign on a wall, but I know it came from the Bible, so check. I read the Bible, all right. I gave a nice tip to the server, check. Let me go down the Big Ten, the Big Ten Commandments. I have no other gods before you, no. I believe there's only one God. Honor the Sabbath day. Yeah, I did that, you know, that church thing. You know, um, thou shalt not steal. Didn't steal anything. Don't lie. I didn't do that. Uh, Don't covet what your neighbor has. No, I didn't covet what my neighbor has. They want what I got, you know. Check, 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 check. And there you get down to the bottom of the list. We win. We're a Christian, right? We were nice. We were friendly. Obeyed all the things. Got down the checklist. Um... And then if I, there's something I didn't do or I forgot or I messed up or I couldn't follow all the rules, God's a forgiving God. And so, check, 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 I'm a Christian, I win. Heaven forbid that Jesus would expect us to do something totally unreasonable and unpractical like loving our enemies, right? Would that ever get checked off our list? Loving the enemies, doing something kind and nice, doing an activity of love that blesses somebody who actively hurts you. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And here's the thing. We understand about people hurting us. We understand about this because we live in a culture that is fully divisive. There is divisions and divisiveness in our culture, in our world around us. We understand us and them. We get that. We know where the lines have been drawn. We have divisiveness around our our politics. We have division around race. And we have division around how we deal with our racial inequalities. We have divisions around language. We have divisions around socioeconomics. People who are like us and not like us. 
We have divisions around masks and vaccines. We, we, we're divided. And lots of the people in, in the world that are so different than us and have different thoughts and different ways of life that we just don't want to hang out with them. Those are not people we want to hang out with. And people who have hurt us, we don't want to be around them. But Jesus says uh, for us to do something to be nice to people. Wait, 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 not no. More than be nice. Do something that's so good that it actually blesses them and encourages them and makes their lives better. You know, I walk around my neighborhood and people have signs or flags or banners in their yard that are extremely offensive to me. I mean, hurt me to my core. But if I go out into a public space, whether it's the street or a park or a school, and I talk about Jesus, I'm offensive, and I'll be quieted and pushed away. Our world is divided. People will hurt us, will not be like us, and Jesus wants us to love them, pray for them. How in the world do we do this? How do we do this? So, years ago, I was uh, pastoring this, uh, this church, and like all of Florida, uh, this church just really grew in size during the, uh, the winter months. It literally wasn't that big a church, but in between Christmas and Easter, it quadrupled in size. It was in one of those communities where all the retirees from all over North America wanted to come, you know, and so it, it grew. And uh, the people of the church and the people in the community, they were, you know, had their little groups and they had their little things and they would, they would come to Florida and I kid you not, as the preacher, I was treated like I was the waiter who forgot to bring you your food, you know. And there were people that face-to-face -to, -face to me would hurt me. They'd say, hey, you didn't do this. You didn't do, the church didn't do this. The church doesn't care. We're paying way too much for that Wednesday night dinner. It should be just be two bucks. You know, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And the phone calls began to go around, you know, and people in their little groups talking, you know, and doing all of that, that rumor kind of stuff, and the church would never do this. And, of course, when they said church, they meant that the pastor would never do that because the pastor and the church were equated as one. And wouldn't do that, wouldn't do this, wouldn't do that. And, and I'll never forget the first time that I showed up to somebody who was visit with them who was really sick and their family was there. And the family says, oh, well, we were told that the church didn't want to know and didn't care and that nobody would come. Like, what? well that's what they told us so I sat there and I, I prayed with them there were people who actively hurt me in all of that process and some of them needed surgery and needed a pastor to pray with them hard to do sometimes for some of them I even sat beside their their bed as they drew their last breaths and held their hands and supported their families through funerals and memorial services. I had some come into my office after they had gotten well or after we had gone through a, a 
a difficult time and they said, Pastor, I'm sorry, they just told me this and this and this and this. Some would come to my office and just cry. And I tell you how I got blessed, what I, what I got out of that. I learned patience. I learned patience. I learned tolerance. I learned to see beyond words. I learned to see truly broken hearts. I gained some abilities and skills in my life that I would have never have gained if I hadn't held the hand of people who were actively working against the ministry of the church. You get gifts when you practice just one little act of doing something for somebody that you would never do. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. Bless. Do good towards people who are not like you. You know, this whole thing of Jesus that he's teaching, this is idealistic. This is, this is an ideal that's out there. This, this sermon, this teaching of Jesus, you, you, the world can't be like that. People can't be like, we can't love enemies. We, we can't do that. Je but here's the thing. Jesus is only asking us to take one action at a time. Jesus is teaching about this ideal, this ideal of the kingdom and the kingdom of, of God that is full of love and uh, you know, this kingdom that, that we only recognize as a heavenly kingdom. But Jesus teaches us to pray that that kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And that kingdom looks like this. It's loving of enemies and forgiving those who hurt you. Um, this ideal is absolutely impossible for us. But Jesus tells us, let's take one action at a time. Let's just take one step. Do an act of love that blesses somebody, that encourages them, that lifts them up, that makes their life better in some way. Take one action that blesses somebody today. Be generous. Be generous. Yes, yes, we're talking about money. Give your, your money because that will encourage somebody. It will lift somebody up and give to others. Pray for those who have hurt you. One act at a time. Love, bless, give, pray. One action at a time. One action at a time. And what happens is it begins to build a character in you and in me in us, that makes us better at loving. Makes us better at loving. We become citizens of the kingdom. I read a beautiful story this week of this um, uh, Javanese Christian couple that moved into a new neighborhood in Jakar. Jakar is in Indonesia, and all of the residents in their neighborhood were of the predominant uh, religion of Indonesia, which is not Christianity. But this Christian couple moved into this little neighborhood and wanted to become friends and to be neighborly with those that were next to them. They baked these little cakes, and they went next door, and they delivered these little cakes and these kind greetings to the people who were next door, and they went to the, 
people on the other side, and they delivered these little cakes with these kind little greetings, and they were met with their cakes being thrown in the trash or thrown in the dirt, words of derision, being cursed, and being sent away with these ugly words of rejection. They were rejected in their community they moved into. Well, they were a soft-spoken couple. They didn't say very much, and they didn't, they were kind of, you know, one of those quiet uh, kind of folks and, and family. But every Sunday, they would take their Bible, and they would walk to their little Christian community uh, a little distance away where they would gather as a community and, and share with the others. But each Sunday, as they would go on their little walk, their way would be blocked with those who would deride them and call out curses upon them. There were men that would follow them that were extremely threatening. And uh, there were those that uh, would mistreat them with shouts of disdain. And they had this every week, but uh, over time they would just continue to be nice and continue to be kind and continue to, to greet their neighbors with a loving greeting. And they would share in their Christian community, and they would pray for them. And so over time, the tension and the taunts in the community began to kind of lessen and quiet down. But there was never going to be any friendships. That wasn't going to happen. But the animosity began to diminish. But they continued to act neighborly. They continued to do little things and drop little cards here and there. In fact, when the rainy season came, they, this couple pitched in and helped families with leaky roofs fix their roofs so that they wouldn't be flooded out. And it was after four years, after four years of these small little actions, neighbors finally became what you would call a friend. And folks would stop by to ask questions about marriage or family life or raising kids. And they would come together as a community on the different religions' holidays to give cards and share. How do we do it? How do we love better and love like the kingdom? One simple, generous action at a time. Pray for your enemies. And I mean actively pray for people who are not like you, who have hurt you, who are out to get you. Pray for them. And discover how the Holy Spirit will soothe the hate and the grievances and the division that is in your heart. Pray for your enemies. Bless those who hurt you. I mean, do something actively that would help somebody else's life be better to someone who has hurt you. And that may even be family, folks. Bless somebody who has hurt you. Do something that actually makes their lives better. And watch the power of forgiveness grow in your heart. And the capacity to, to lay down those ongoing pains that just nag and stay with you. Give generously. Uh, give generously. And yes, we're talking about money. Give generously of your money and, and practice that generous giving. Because here's the thing. 
Stingy and love don't go together. They, they just don't. Have you ever met an extremely stingy person who was overwhelmingly loving? You know, they don't go together. So practice the generosity and do it over and over and over again. Because as we practice the generosity, guess what? Our hearts become generous. And love becomes generous. And, and our lives become generous. Following Christ is not a checklist. It's not a checklist that we go down and we get it all done. It's a practice. It's a practice. It becomes a lifestyle of practicing prayer, practicing blessing others, practicing generosity, and discovering the extravagant, overwhelming, unexpected, unreasonable love that grows in us. Amen? And amen. Most gracious God, we, uh, we dare to pray that you show us today the action that we can take to, to bless someone who has hurt us. Lord, we dare to pray that you would show us today how we can give in a way that, that encourages and blesses someone else's life. Amen. Amen. Let us respond to God's word with song. Let us stand as we sing together. Help us accept each other and bless each other and love each other.
go now with the blessing of the opportunity to do good to someone who's hurt you. Go now with the blessing to pray for others who have harmed you. Go now to give and to share with those that you would rather not hang out with. Go now and know the blessing of God's incredible, overwhelming love. Amen and amen. Thank you.